welcome to the FPC Blanchard Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today. We also thank you for any comments, likes, suggestions that you may leave on this site. Also, feel free to share this with any of your friends or church members so that they can keep up with our events too. Here we go. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is whenever you decide to listen to this. Uh, Joe Prater here, First Baptist Church Blanchard. Brother Clay is always in here. Uh, it's episode 19. Uh, we're talking about watchmen on the wall, uh, watching out for each other, watching out for our communities. Uh, we're still in Nehemiah 7. Um, if you missed the sermon Sunday, it's on the website. Go back and watch it. It's on the YouTube site, same place you can find this if you want to direct your friends there too. But um, if you weren't here Sunday, you didn't hear it, uh, it should be pretty easy to catch up. It's pretty good. Um, we're going to talk today about kind of protecting uh, what Nehemiah's charge is to the different folks and, and or the different community members, to even the suburbanites, um, and then moving forward with Nehemiah's ministry and God's direction for Jerusalem at this point. So, Brother Clay, how are you? I'm good, Joe. How are you, man? <clears throat> I'm doing good. This humidity uh, is getting... Making it tough, making sinuses drain now uh, with uh, the change and everything. But hey, right. it's not 125 Ooh. degrees. Man, isn't that the truth? Man, yeah. So I, this weekend, I thought I was leaking every time I'd step out of the truck. I'd be soaking wet, my shirt be wet, and <laughs> it was a rough weekend. But uh, good to uh, be back behind the mic and, and kind of talk about Nehemiah, what's been going on. Um, like I shared Sunday, uh, you know, we we looked for many weeks about uh, the first one through six about building this wall. And uh, now it's built, and uh, this is kind of the hinging chapter, number seven. Um, we saw that Nehemiah was preparing and building a wall. Then um, eight through 13, we're going to be looking at that the, uh, uh, the, it's the people now that need restoring. The people need to be uh, the ones building upon and the different things. So this was, this was a neat uh, chapter. It was, it was neat to uh, study it and look at it and... Um, just to hear, you know, I've been been in church my whole life. I haven't been saved my whole life. Um, I kind of shared that Sunday. Kind of had some some uh, blurps here and there, some sins, some different things that happened. But anyway, the, uh, just to kind of uh, a sermon I've probably heard somewhere. Um, you know, you always heard that term "watchman on the wall," and uh, so it really made a lot of sense when when you looked at uh, at, at this chapter about. The walls finished. I used a term that you know. Some terms, man. You, when you preach, you don't realize how often you bring them back up and use them again. You know, I wore a shirt today to the gym. You know, the work before the work, and um, this one um, I've used suburbanites. I don't know how many times. I thought it was going to be a one time in a sermon I'd be using it, but you know, it just it's there in the text, so you kind of got to pull it out, and you know, so just kind of thinking about watchmen on the wall and. You know, what's happening here? What's going on? Another term I used a few weeks ago is the uh, the wall is finished, but the enemy's not. And and we see that, man, that the, the, the wall's finished. Um, I use this point, too, that, you know, the wall is only as good as the people on the, on the wall. Right. You, you can build a humongous wall. You can put up great gates. You can put all the security measures in place. But it's only as good as the people that are manning it, and so the wall's finished. The enemy um, is on the outside. 
Um, he, he's real. We all know the enemy's real, so we can bring that into today's life. Right. You know, the enemy's seeking who he can devour. He, he's wanting to steal, kill, destroy. You know, going back, going back to what you said, it, the, it, the way I know <clears throat> you have a way you relay it and, and certain things, and I'm, I don't know if I'm good at putting them into different terms, but uh, it's kind of like putting up fake cameras. Yeah, you know, if you put cameras. a camera up, if you put a dummy camera up, yeah, it's it's good. But if you don't put the power to it, you know, if, if you don't give that camera the authority to watch out for your home or security system or whatever it may be, or put a door up without a lock, you know, um, I, I got to thinking about building a wall and, and different things. And for those of y'all that just don't really have that, under, we can all understand building a wall, but to put it into perspective of of what some people think, if you've ever built a home, the last thing to really go in are the locks on the doors. You know, so we talked about, or you spoke about, uh, Nehemiah, they built the wall, and the last thing they did was put the gates up. Mm-hmm. They still hadn't put the gates up, and, and or they, they are doing that now, or they have, and now the charge has gone out to the people. So this would be like finally putting the locks on our doors of a house we built, finally putting the gates up on our community or putting the people into place to protect our community. So, all right. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I like it when you can. We all need to understand it in our own different way. And, right. You know, we communicate it all in a different way. And, you know, it's good to see how, you know, maybe it was, um, I, I may have preached it one way intending it to, to look like something, but you can hear it and interpret it and, and bring it out there. So that's good. So, yeah, we, we see now the, the gate's finished, the bars are on, the, the locks are there. And um, if, you're, if you're looking uh, in the Bible, it's Nehemiah 7. We went verses 1 through 6. I won't read them, but we'll uh, just know that that's where they are in the Bible. You can go back and look. But, um, you know, the doors are up, the, the, the gatekeepers are in place, the singers, the Levites. You know, when I first looked at that, uh, I, I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. The, the, the gatekeepers are there, the folks that are supposed to be outside the temple, uh, to be the gatekeeper, how it's set up in Old Testament history and Old Testament uh, literature. We can go back and read and saw where they were. Okay, the singers are there. Okay, well, that means that, that they're back inside the temple. They're singing. They're outside the temple. They're singing. They're le- that's their mission. That's their, their place. Okay, the Levites are there. Okay, they're there to you know, scoop ashes and, and be in the priestly order and do different things as Levites are required and, and charged to do. Okay, that's all it is. Well, the further you got into studying and reading and understanding it, that's really not where they were. They were actually the gatekeeper of the gates coming and going into Jerusalem. And so these guys did work hand in hand in the temple, uh, the gatekeeper, the Levite, and the singer. So now Nehemiah, being the great leader, he said, hey, they work hand in hand. We know the quality of guys. They are the leadership they are. All right, so we'll put them on the wall. Um, the suburbanites, they went home, the Tekoanites, the, uh, the, those from Tekoa went back, uh, Jericho, um, the, the different areas that we talked about where they were traveling in and out, they've gone home. And so now they have more wall to, to walk over and to secure and to, and, and, to, and to manage. So he had to enlist some more people. He said, hey, we got to get the Levites up there. we got to get the singers. And then, you know, people got to sleep, right? You, you work 24-hour shifts and stuff as a fireman, so you can relay. You right. know, hey, 
shift work. All right. So, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. We got to set up, you know, yep. was it three shifts probably and uh, get, get that taken care of. And so there's three different folks there. Right. And so we can carry a 24 hour day. And um, you know why that's important? Because the enemy's 24 seven. Right, they're always there, twenty four seven. It's kind of it's it's kind of like a uh, a shepherd. <clears throat> you know, we yeah. spoke about this. Is uh, a shepherd is going to have help? You know, he's going to stay out there with his sheep. Or they'll rotate out with another shepherd, or he'll pass the duty off to uh, a sheepdog or something like that. So, um, yeah, you did break <clears throat> up bring up a good analogy on that with that sheepdog. Yeah, one. the the analogy that is that. If most of the people in the church, and if you look at look at everything, everybody has a place to serve in it, but it may not be the wall, right? They may be just set to pray for folks. They may be taking care of the children or whatever. But the analogy that we brought up, or analogy that was that was shared, is is there's a certain amount of people in the world. Just say it's a hundred. We go with a hundred percent, which is there are a hundred percent of the people in the world, <laughs> but but. You, you go through, <clears throat> and we know the devil's out there. We know that the enemy is at the gates, that they're coming to harm us. If most people can't defend themselves, whether it's a uh, physical defense or, or whatever, they may not be the aggressive or the, the aggressor back towards the enemy. So the analogy we had was you have a shepherd, and then the shepherd has sheepdogs is the way we think of it. The sheepdogs are there to protect the flock or to protect the, the, the sheep, to protect the, the herd. So if you look and 1% of our, our, just say 1%, I don't know the percentages, but 1% are bad people. 1% is the devil trying to do his work. And they're coming in to attack. They're going to get the weak. They're going to get the ones that, that can't maintain. Well, if we were to just leave them to their own devices, we were to just leave them alone, the devil's going to attack hard. So we have a small percentage of our church, the deacons, the prayer warriors, the folks that can that are out there on the front line that are on the wall, uh, a one to two percent of our church that engage the enemy in the, on the behalf of others. Uh, if you if you don't believe this or you never see this, what, what a lot of people don't see in the church is behind the scenes. They don't see the men that gather the two men that call each other in the middle of the night, they say, hey, man, I don't know why, but we need to pray. They don't see those actions. Those are the sheepdogs. Those are the guys that are charged with the protection of others. The sheepdogs have to protect. The other thing that I got to thinking, and, I, and so this will be a complete surprise to you, is how do we train new sheepdogs? So we have those, just say 96% of our church popularity, we'll go with 97% of our, our community are the sheep. And we've been charged as the 2% to take care of it, or the 1% to protect them from the 2% of bad people, right? And, and if you see these and the different things, if you look them up, you'll actually see, <clears throat> you know, that there are groups and they say, hey, we're... We're only certain number of percentage of the people out there, but we're going to hurt people. We're going to attack people. Uh, <clears throat> so we, we move forward. So the shepherd is charged the sheepdog. So if, in this story, we could look at Nehemiah as kind of being their shepherd, um, and he's charged the sheepdogs with taking care of it. Or to go further, God is being our shepherd, and he's charged the sheepdogs. 
Well, they're our warriors. That's our fighters. So we want to be the sheepdogs. We want to protect the herd. Whether if we know something's attacking, hey, bring it on, let's do this. We hit our knees, we pray, we do whatever we need. And we we actually had a, a this morning, we talked about an individual, uh, didn't talk about, but we spoke about an individual that's going through some issues, you know, and, and how we need to be praying for them and engaging with them and, and different things like that. But I go all the way around the world to say this. <clears throat> How do you train a new sheepdog? It takes a long time, or it takes effort, right? One way you train a dog in that world is you bring a dog out to a highly trained dog, and you start running them together. Naturally, that highly trained dog starts rubbing off on that other one. He says, hey, he gave me a whistle to go right. That dude took off to the right. I guess that whistle means go to the right. So the dog picks up on that. Same way with prayer warriors, same way with the men and the, the women in the church that are charged with protecting as a sheepdog of the church. They have to engage younger dogs. They have to engage younger people. Uh, they're the ones that, and this would be like Nehemiah, engaging those others, the guys on the wall. The guys on the wall can't protect that wall forever. They'll go down fighting, but they have to teach others to be on that wall. So how do we engage those people? Uh, how do we become a, a, an apprentice sheepdog, you know, and, and start an apprentice sheepdog program based on the guys protecting the church, the deacons and the, the ones that have been charged with it coming in? So it's kind of a, a neat, if you sit back, you know, you have to decide your position in the church. Am I a sheepdog? Am I a sheep? Or... Am I a sheepdog apprentice? You know, and that's that's the way I look at with Nehemiah. He's looking at everything, and he's like, hey, I'm going to put my best dogs on that wall. I'm going to put my best protectors on that wall. They've worked together. No different than any other dogs. If you've ever been in a, a training group with canines, you don't just put two dogs together and expect them to work. You know, you can't just bring in a new one. There has to be an acclimation period. Well, these dogs, these folks on that wall, they work together. They know. They can look at each other. They can, they can tell from just one glance at another person that they truly are engaged with and familiar with what's going on. If it's the attack, if it's the all clear, or if it's, a, hey, we need to go out there and see what kind of wolves are coming into our flock. You know, and, and so that's the way I look at it. And that's kind of the analogy we talked about is what do you want to be? Do you want to be a sheep? Or do you want to be a sheepdog? And if you're not that sheepdog yet, how do you engage? And how does a, a one that is a protector, how do you get linked up as an apprentice sheepdog program <clears throat> into being a sheepdog that protects the community, that protects the church, that protects those that may not be able to or, uh, un, I guess, unable or are not willing to protect themselves because it's still our charge to protect those. So that's kind of the analogy. I yeah, kind of went good all analogy. around. It's a good, good way to get get around to uh, one of the most important parts of the church is discipleship. You know, right? We can call it a sheep dog. We can call it a lot of different. We call things, it a sheep dog program, but they need to be. There is training. You know, that's that's where the church in a lot of places has missed the boat. You know, right. we, we don't do a good job of discipleship. We are good at engaging potentially with the gospel, sharing and 
and see people come to Christ and say, hey, man, I led 15 <clears throat> people to the Lord, you know, over the last right. da, da, da. Okay. What'd you do with them? Did you feed them? Did you change their diaper? You know, because they're babes in Christ, and that's called discipleship. You know, we got to uh, spend some time with them and, and um, you know, grow them in the Word and that kind of stuff. So that's a really good analogy because that's okay. basically what he did. He took two guys, his brother, Hanani, and then Hananiah, and um, those were two two godly, God-fearing men that, that it talked about in 1 through 6. And, um, you know, they were, they were there as leaders because why? One leader can't do it all. Right. So there's delegation. He delegated. And then there's sub-delegation after delegation. They brought those other two guys in and, and that were already in Jerusalem that had each half of the city that they were taking care of, kind of like some city managers to bring it into our, our day and time. So you had a sheriff, and then you had some, you had a governor, and then you had, you know, these city managers and everything. So it was, you know, basically rippling out, but they were there to protect, and, and they were there as watchmen. And um, probably to, you know, put a, put a, a, a bow on the message for today, um, we need watchmen in our lives. We need guys on the wall that mm-hmm. care about our families, that care about those people behind the wall, that care about others. And like you said, um, that 2 o'clock in the morning phone call where somebody that's just saying, hey, man, I can't sleep tonight. I got a burden on my heart. Right. You know, I have a person or I have a problem or I have this. You know, We need those top five guys. Right. And, it, and it goes into those guys, you, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, but it's also the passing in Walmart or the passing at the church, recognizing that look of, hey, you know, kind of like uh, if, if we pass from a distance, we know we're way out of speaking range. You may just kind of raise your head or your hand. Acknowledge. It's kind of that. But if you know that look in the eyes, you know, of, hey, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the guys we need right. on the wall. That's well, we need. And, and there's there's. There's 100% 24-hour vigilance that they need to be aware of. And right. It's not an easy task. It's no. not a, Mm-mm. and it's not always a fun job. It's no. not always a, but it's always a rewarding. Well, you, you bring it back into the church and, <clears throat> you know, you talked about different areas inside the church. Sunday school teachers, that's a perfect watchman that gets to watch his class and to see, you know, Joe hadn't been here and, you know, I'm just using you as an example. I don't know your, your, uh. Sunday school attendance or anything, but, you know, Joe hadn't been here in three weeks. You know, I need to give him a call, and I really hope it in three weeks. I hope it's after week one our Sunday school teacher goes, man, Joe hadn't been here. Let me just call and check on him. Hey, Joe, what's going on, brother? You, you everything going okay? Yeah, man, I just had a little, uh, you know, we had an archery tournament this weekend. We had to go out of town and spend some time doing that, blah, blah, blah. I'll be there Sunday. Man, I know where I'm at in the book. Okay, if you missed it, we're in, um, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter, you know, such and such, and you know, yes, yeah, right, okay, yeah, just kind of keep it in. All right, man, just want to check on you. You know, we don't do a good job of that, checking on right. each other and, you know, finding out what's going on. If there's, you know, prayer requests, prayer needs, if there's, you know, you know, if you've been married any length of time, you know that, you know, anytime you could be having some issues, you know, good, bad, or ugly in your marriage, things happen. And, uh, hey, man, look, we're just going through, a, uh, we're going through a dry spell with this or we're going through something here, you know, can you pray for me about that? Can you, you know, you have any advice? And because, um, you know, a lot of us, you know, we're, we're kind of getting some uh, gray in our hair and we're getting, you know, I've been married 28 years and, 
you have some wisdom in there. I don't think I know it all, but there's folks that's been married 40 years and 50 that I can go to and go, hey, I'm having a little issue here. What, what's See, the problem is we wear too many masks in the church. We right. say that we're loving. We say that we're kind and all this kind of stuff. We're, we're here to help each other. But most of the time, when the amen said and the book's closed, there, there's a large portion that hit the doors fast and get out of here because they were checking a box or something like that. They, they're ready to go. But, you know. Well, if the church was for someone that doesn't have issues, <laughs> then it'd be empty. Right. That's it. You know, yeah. uh, if it was, if the church is truly somewhere, which it should be and it is, somewhere that you could go and resolve issues or to pass those on or to get that kind of help, um, it should be full. It, it should be uh, to the point that you can't put any more people in the doors. Right. So and, let me give a little plug for next week, okay. for this coming Sunday, because I hope some <clears throat> folks are listening to this that, that listen to us during the week too. Because I did say this Sunday that um, I believe in the end times are getting close. Um, you know, I... It's not one of those things in my life that, that I've put a lot of study into in end times, but, you know, any anybody that's been in the Bible, they can see that something's going on, something's happening, um, we need to be ready, that kind of stuff. Um, anybody that knows me or been around me, my, my passion, my heartbeat is evangelism and discipleship and stuff like that. So I've probably done a whole lot more studying on, on that area. Um, but, you know, here's my message for Sunday. Um, in a little while. And we're going to look at John uh, chapter 16, 17, 18, and 19. I'm not really a big uh, topical type preacher. I don't really, it's not my forte. But um, I think there's a message in here that we can take and, um, you know, exegesis the, the scripture and, and, and go through here and, and see some stuff that uh, we're, we're going to hear it and understand it that... Uh, in a little while and we don't you know you're, you're about my age we're pretty close you know i've been in church i think you have I'm younger too. i know you're younger a lot younger i know you're younger i ain't Whole gonna lot say younger a lot younger, you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> but man you've been in church all your life and you know i'm 48 a few months away from being 49 and um i've heard it my whole life you know jesus is coming back you know better be ready jesus is coming back but um he said in a little while and so I'm going to bring that out Sunday. I'm going to step out of Nehemiah for a little while, uh, maybe a couple Sundays, maybe one. I don't know. I was know. just going to ask, are you going to go through the next part of seven? Because you better, you better warm your voice up for some of these names. Oh, yeah, up. no. I think I'm going to give it the blanket theory on that one. But yeah. uh, I want our folks to understand Jesus is coming back. And Absolutely. it may seem like it's, it's been a long time, it, but it's just been a little while to him. You know why? Because God doesn't have time and space in his hands. He, he, he doesn't think time like we do. Why? Because he's been forever, and he'll right. be forever. So we think 80 years, 60 years, 87, you know, all these numbers of years, that's just a drop to uh, God. His, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. But I want us to hear biblical truth on in a little while. He's coming, and yeah. it may just be tomorrow. It may be the next day. You it may, may be 100 more You may years. not even preach this sermon. Yeah. That's right. So, but I know one thing: in a little while, he's coming, and uh, so we're going to look at John and uh, talk about that, and hopefully fire up the saints and get ready to go. And then that night, we uh, sweet fellowships, 
uh, the whole month of August. Pies and cobbler. Yes. If you like fruit cobblers and pies and, and that kind of stuff, that's right up your alley. And if that don't uh, hit your sweet spot, um, the next win, the next Sunday is called Sunday Sunday. We're going to be doing Ooh. some ice cream. Ooh. I love ice cream. Uh, we That's shall- a weakness. Is, so this is a so this is a month of weakness. Yes, <laughs> for those that <laughs> that are trying to watch everything that yeah. they eat or anything like that. But hey, look, you know if he's coming, he's coming soon. <laughs> let's just pretend that he's. Let's let's just say that don't worry about it this month. You so know, what you're trying to say is then the third week we got the taco truck coming. You know that. Yeah. You know we got the food trucks coming the, the third week. So we have some fellowships mm. that are going to be really sweet and going to be really good. And I enjoyed the watermelon, man. We had some good conversation. I sat by some people that I've not fellowshiped with before, and uh, we ate about a watermelon and a half together. And hey, man, you know, they kind of, in you're going through Nehemiah, they kind of finished the wall about the time we're gathering for fellowships within the community. Isn't that good? Of the wall that has been finished with the gates and the singers and everything, so... He ain't a guy of accidents, man. He puts no. it all together just right, and it's going to be good. And then we got a special person leading on worship the 29th. on the 29th. Yeah, well, Ben Waits. Ben Waits will be back leading worship. Right. Uh, that's going to be good. If you heard him in the party in the park, he was there. Um, he, he's, yep. he's real deal. Got a great voice, a good message behind the songs he sings. and So he'll be leading us on the 29th. Brother Kirk will be going back home to uh, his grandmother and grandfather's 50th. Uh, wedding anniversary. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, man, it's folk. It, Brother Jim, that, that his family is good people. I've been knowing them uh, for a long time, and so I'm glad he's going to get to go home and see his grandfather. And he's not doing good. So if you want to put him on your prayer request and prayer concerns his his grandfather, uh, put all him the on sheep there. dogs. Yeah, all the sheep pay. dogs. Those that are listening. Yeah. So he needs prayer. Be praying for Brother Kirk as he travels back and forth, and you know, always be in prayer for our church because we want to see the. We want to see the lost saved. We want to see the saints fired up. So, enemy, when you do that, the enemy's going to come be outside your door always barking and, yep. and, and snorting and trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But our God comes to bring life and life more abundant. So let me pray. And, Absolutely. Uh, you got us a few things on the outgo, and I'll let you out. We'll tell you, yeah, on the outgo, we'll tell you how to get in touch with us and um I'll tell you what, why don't you give us that, and then I'll pray on that. Yeah, I, I will. Let's It'll be it. on the out after the prayer. You'll you'll find a little uh, outro that kind of gives how to get in touch with us. But one thing we just updated, uh, if you haven't been on the website lately, go to the website. You can find these podcasts, send people to the website. You can also now find the Lifeline on the, on the website under That's media. Awesome. You can go in there and find the Lifeline. It kind of has our schedule. Uh, we're also rolling out new ways to do the tithes and giving and and some other things, uh, also a church calendar, and it'll actually be an app on your phone that you can go to. And then also we're looking at uh, engaging the Sunday school groups on the on, a, on the same app so that you can actually maintain and keep in touch with your Sunday school members and things like that. So cool. a lot of things happening. Um, How can they get in touch with us? Oh, they can get in touch with us by calling church office, visiting the website, sending us an email. Uh, like I said, stay tuned after the prayer, and we'll give you all that. But um, if you ever, ever have anything, anything, uh, give us a call. Let us know, and we'll do what we can to to uh, support to support anyone that needs anything. Uh, can't say we can fix all problems, but we can sure pray for all problems. So, that's right. Yes, sir. All right, well, let's pray. All right. 
Father God, Lord, we just thank you for another day you've given us. Lord, I thank you for these folks that tune in and listen. And Lord, I pray they're encouraged. God, I pray that they're challenged. God, I pray that they're just uh, faithful to the mission, Lord, that they keep going, keep serving. Lord, I'm, I, I just, I love our folks, God. I, I love the ones that listen. Lord, I love the ones that can't be here. Lord, trying to do a better job of getting out there and seeing some of our shut-ins and some of those that haven't been able to be here in a while. So, Father, uh, give us wisdom and discernment, Lord, with these restrictions that the government's putting on us. And, uh, Lord, the way this helps us be smart and wise during the time of the virus and the things that's going on. And so, Father, we know that you're sovereign, that you're in control. Nothing catches you off guard or by surprise. So, Father, help us to get uh, on your timetable and um, and, and to where you are and how you're reaching people and how you're talking. And so, Father, we want to we want to be your hands and feet, God. We want to be doing what you want us to do. So, Father, we thank you and love you. God, again, we love our folks, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you for joining us on the First Baptist Church Blanchard podcast today. Uh, please follow us, like us, so you can be notified when the new episodes come out. If you have any comments or suggestions, leave those below. Also, if there's any way we could pray for you, please contact us. Let us know, 318-929-2346. Or also, you can catch us at www.fbcblanchard.com. Go to the contact page. You'll find all the info you need. Thank you again. We're praying for you. You have a blessed day.